Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me that I was bipolar. I was released with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for about a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using music for therapy and as a way to escape. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Bianca Cruz Benitez is the vocalist of Amygdala, a San Antonio, Texas punk metal band that has toured extensively. I saw them a few years ago at Fest in Gainesville, Florida, and they are one of the most intense bands I've seen in my life. On stage, Bianca's power was immediate, purging pain, trauma, and inner demons. Pure scream therapy. Bianca lives with borderline personality disorder, a sometimes debilitating illness that can cause intense, uncontrollable emotions for long periods of time. Triggering events can be especially difficult for those with BPD, and, like a lot of mental illnesses, it's been closely linked to post-traumatic stress disorder. Mental health, abuse, and the struggles of marginalized people are just some of the topics covered by amygdala. People with mental illnesses are often stigmatized, they can have trouble accessing crucial services, and they are susceptible to addiction. Bianca screams a rallying cry, take care of yourself, never give up. I'm Bianca. Um, my pronouns are she, they. Um, I grew up in San Antonio. I still live here currently, San Antonio, Texas. And, um, you know, growing up, I never really had an opportunity to have any kind of therapy or any kind of, I guess, mental health doctor visits. And so I was really stuck, um, not even knowing what was going on with me. I just thought, you know, the typical thing, oh, I must be crazy or something, because that's what my family said. But then uh, later down the line, um, my friends invited me to play in their band, and I, they wanted me to be uh, the vocalist because they just knew I had so much shit to say. <laughs> so they were like, you're obviously the perfect person to be doing this we want you to do this and yeah that's kind of how amygdala started just like that <laughs> I was really nervous though because I was screaming I didn't want to sing I was screaming and that was my first time ever doing vocals and it just came out really raw and just yeah powerful yeah I remember the first time I saw you play uh, this must have been three or four years ago at fest in Gainesville and uh I oh, remember, wow. yeah I remember thinking uh <laughs> just how visceral it was, how, you know, how immediate that was. It just like, I knew that you were screaming about something really intense, something really important. I didn't know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely picked up on the trauma stuff and that, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is a band that I can get into. Thank you. I didn't know that you saw us actually. <laughs> yeah. I was the guy in the front row, just like losing it. <laughs> I think I might've remembered you. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember uh, the first time that you heard underground music and what sort of effect it had on you? Underground music? Oh. Punk, hardcore, metal, whatever it was. Well, metal for sure. That's what I kind of like grew up with. New metal stuff like Mudvayne, Korn, and and, uh, Incubus, stuff like that. And then I would say underground music. 
wasn't until I got older and met friends that were in the punk scene, and then I saw, like, mostly folk punk and um, pop punk in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up just, like, sticking with these people, and uh, we kind of cultivated our own, like, DIY scene here. Um, I used to throw shows at, um, at a house that I used to have, and... We invited a lot of screamo bands, well, all types of bands, but my, particularly my favorite was like screamo bands. How does being in a band affect your mental health, or does it, you know, is it hard to be up there screaming every night? Is is it therapeutic? You know, I, I I think about that all the time. I I'm like, is this good for me? Like, am I doing the right thing, like for my mental health? Because, you know, amygdala tours a lot, and we just recently got signed to a contract with Prosthetic Records. And they're expecting, you know, a couple of albums, like a couple of LPs. And that is just a great amount of stress on me. And stress is um, the number one thing that triggers my symptoms for BPD. So if I'm under a lot of stress, I start to feel my old self coming out. And I'm just like, okay, I need to manage like the stress that I have. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain amount of self-harm involved with punk rock and playing in bands? You know what? I I totally agree. Um, but this this was for this was me. Like I guess like maybe five six tours ago. You know, I since then I've grown. But I do remember a particular tour where things were not going so well. Like my symptoms were just flaring up. Um, I was pretty much keeping myself away from everything by drinking, and then um, at the same time I remember. I'm actually doing some self-injury on tour. And I know, like, the audience noticed it on my arm, the cuts and stuff. And it it was it was kind of embarrassing, but it was something I was trying to get through. And I can definitely say that self-harm, is, it can um, come out when you're touring or when you're in a band like that. Mm-hmm. And what about mm-hmm. on stage? <sighs> or on the floor, uh, depending on the show. <laughs> right. Um, when I'm performing, it's, you know, I'm kind of like somewhere else. I'm, I'm obviously there with the crowd, but you know, all those traumas and things are just flashing through and, um, I guess, yeah, I kind of like trigger my own self, I guess. I don't know how else to call it. And, you know, I'll cry. I know a lot of the audience, um, have commented on like how I cry during the performances and you know what, like. I've gotten better at it, but I honestly think that me crying, um, me being theatrical and showing these emotions um, is really important because it's just, you know, I just find it my duty to be the person that, like, talks about what we don't want to talk about or, like, you know, or scream about it, rather. How do you balance the, you know, the need to sort of have your your own therapy on stage or when you're playing and also mm-hmm. the audience's part in it? You know, sometimes I feel like, when I'm mm-hmm. screaming at someone for a half an hour, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. I mean, am I just mm-hmm. freaking them out or are they getting something back from it? You know, I would, I would definitely say that even people who aren't into underground music or aren't into punk rock per se, like when they see Amygdala and they see what I'm doing, they receive it really well. And they kind of like say like, we need more stuff like this, you know, I guess femme people out there like screaming, screaming about like they're growing through kind of like say you have more reason to be up there than I do so 
I I mean I I don't feel like I scare the audience or like I I know that there has been a couple actually no not even a couple like a handful of times where people have gone up to me after the show and they're just like in tears but they tell me like I'm crying but it's a good cry like I'm glad you're doing this I want you to continue to write music like this and write about the stuff you're writing about and I will always continue to support you in this journey and makes me feel so good you know it it sucks that I we're relating to this like issue but it feels good to know that you know in the struggle I'm not alone yeah that's great that's great that people Mm -hmm. say that to you that's uh, must Mm -hmm. be really validating Mm -hmm. it is it it makes helps me continue to do what I'm doing with amygdala for sure yeah can you tell me a little bit about borderline personality disorder I I know a little bit about it Um, myself I live with bipolar so um, there is a bit of confusion between the two sometimes, but I, I know they're very different things as well. Yeah, they're yeah they're really kind of similar, but also very different. Um, borderline personality disorder is a broad term, and under the umbrella is all these little symptoms. Um, geez, uh, I, I feel like people who do have BPD experience it differently, mm-hmm. but I would say the main like experience that we all have is kind of like drawing the line between love and hate. Oh, I hope I'm explaining this well. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, everything is just so triggering. Like things, we feel things so immensely. So sometimes one little thing can like set us off for weeks. And I know I put that in the song and I remember yeah. people were messaging me about it, particularly that part of the song saying like, that's exactly what I go through, and I'm glad someone's writing about BPD now because it is it is like still relatively, I guess, new. I mean, people are still finding out about it. And what's disappointing is that I, whenever I research stuff about BPD, oh, they, there's a lot of links um, above the search that say, "Oh, living with someone with BPD, are you being abused?" Oh, so, yeah, it, yeah it, it's really tough because. It people think it makes you sound like a manipulator or like you are yourself are abusive, but it's just like these symptoms that just grab a hold of you, and that's the difficult part of it. It's really, it's really hard living with it, but it can be. It definitely can be helped with therapy. Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of villainization of folks with mental health issues. I mean, that kind of comes up with with uh, schizophrenia, bipolar. You know, that this this image of the person being totally out of control and like you said, potentially abusive. I mean, that's, you know, kind of a stereotype yeah. in the song. Yeah. And we were talking about the song BPD versus me there. But um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the song We Exist, uh, Yo Existo, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about stigmatization. And I'm wondering about the stigmas that you've experienced over the years and sort of how they've played out. I mean, there's obviously self-stigmatization, um, you know, looking inward and sort of stigmatizing yourself over certain things. But um, mm-hmm. have you received that? kind of stigma from people oh definitely um this song the reason that the the other part of the title is in spanish is because it's particularly in latinx communities that mental health is stigmatized it's not even like a concern whatsoever to be honest so yeah, you know, I've been told if you don't stop doing what you're doing, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, which was like wow. harming myself, you know, and mm-hmm. 
in in our communities and our families, mental health is seen as something that makes you weak. <laughs> it's a very like machismo thing, like very manly thing, like to say, "Oh, you'll get over it," or "Oh, stop crying," like stop being a baby, or you know things like that. Yeah. It's tough hearing those things when you're little, you know, like when because, you know, a lot of the songs I'm sure, you know, by now talk about being sexually abused as a child. Yeah. So going through that and growing up, not even knowing what's going on with me in my head, like not knowing what this trauma is doing to me mentally and then hearing those kinds of things. It just whew, I've come a long way. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, the song was particularly about the stigma stigmatization of mental health in Latinx communities. Well, mostly, I mean, all POC communities, I'm sure, go through similar things that we do. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm really sorry that happened to you when you were, when you were a kid. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just mm -hmm. w wonder if with folks that are coming from trauma, uh, coming mm -hmm. from uh, places of mental health mm -hmm. issues through their childhood or even through their adulthood, um, mm -hmm. how does underground music or punk rock uh, loud music how does that play into the healing and the sort of the finding your place the music itself uh, just the elements of loudness really helped getting to scream all this stuff helps uh gets my message across clear people that understand screaming music i've actually had yeah. people come up to me and tell me like you know you should probably uh sing that not scream it we'd probably all understand it better it's like <laughs> You obviously don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely the culture that it has. Um, I feel like <laughs> a lot of us um, are going through something in the punk scene, hardcore scene, whichever underground scene you want to pinpoint that on. And I feel like we're kind of all looking for that outlet, <laughs> you know. And, you know, some of the best conversations that I've had with, the stuff that I'm going through mentally has been at shows, has been on tour, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's just this community that we have that I think is really important. And it's kind of like, it's like rare thing. Like I would, I can honestly say that cheesy saying like punk rock saved my life because it, it really did. You know, it gave me an opportunity to tour across the U.S. and, like, across the seas to talk about these issues and help me create this um, self-healing journey through the music and through the lyrics and through meeting the people that were also experiencing the same things that I were. That's great. I mean, yeah, I agree with the idea that, you know, punk rock scene att attracts, you know, folks that are looking for something and are looking mm -hmm. for that connection. I mean, the freaks and the outcasts and the weirdos and you know, mm -hmm. folks that are marginalized, folks that have mental health issues. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, we're all kind of one family in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, has mm -hmm. anybody ever told you that your music has affected them that way or that, you know, I mean, I know that some musicians get, oh, your music saved my life. Do you ever get those kinds of comments? I do. I can't particularly remember like who or where, but I have for sure. And how and did it, that feel? Like you said, very, very validating. Um it gives me that drive to dive deep even further into these issues. And mm -hmm. um, it, it, it helps me like get more personal, more raw, like just putting it all out there just so people know like what people experience when they 
unfortunately have to go through these kinds of traumas. Yeah. Some folks believe that trauma and mental illness are, are sort of part and parcel. Um, I'm not sure exactly where I stand it. I know with my trauma, I think it definitely factored into my breakdown and, and diagnosis mm-hmm. and all that. Um, how do you mm-hmm. feel about that? How trauma and, and your mental illness are, are connected or not connected? Um, I, f- I definitely feel like they are connected. Any kind of research you're going to see about BPD, that's the, they say that's the cause of it or what manifests it is uh, trauma through your childhood. And from what you, I've been telling you, like it's clear that that will, is what was happening to me. And when I talk to other people that have BPD, that's what they also tell me mm. is trauma through the childhood just manifests and like doesn't have a way of healing itself. And it turns into this, you know, you're neglecting what you need inside of your brain. So it turns into this condition that we have to manage throughout our adult lives. Yeah. And when you're screaming, uh, you know, screaming for 45 minutes in front of people <laughs> and doing your, doing your thing, what's happening? Uh, you said you go into a bit of a trance, and I, I totally get that. But what's actually, you know, flowing through your brain? What kind of things are coming up? Is it directly related to the lyrics in that particular song, or is it more a generalized thing? It is probably definitely linked to the lyrics, definitely linked to the, to the music itself. I love heavy music so I feel it um I don't know if you noticed when you saw us but I don't particularly look at the crowd Mm -hmm. I kind of like keep my eyes closed or keep sometimes I keep my back to the crowd because I'm so into the music and so into like what I'm saying and what I'm experiencing myself inside of my head that the crowd sometimes seems like just another I don't know (laughs) I'm not focusing on it really yeah. Do you ever think about that and wish that you could sort of interact with them more? I do. I honestly do. But I just don't know how well people would receive me yelling and like crying. Yeah. You know, because it's a very traumatizing thing to like see somebody. As refreshing as it is, it can also be kind of traumatizing. And I don't want to exactly put other people near that you know like the stage is fine the distance that we have is fine like I and I feel people have boundaries too so because I, I know I do you know <laughs> so I don't want to put myself in a position where I make somebody feel uncomfortable for sure no don't want to do that um I will just say that like when we play I feel like we become this entity and I like it I like it that way do you remember making a link between mental health and you know, punk rock or loud music sort of when you're coming up and first getting into it, or even like you even mentioned the new metal, was it clear to you that these things were kind of connected and that's why you're gravitating towards certain bands? Uh, yeah, I def yeah, for metal, yeah, like new metal stuff, um, that, the, that kind of music is definitely out there, but I mean, if you listen to what they're saying, it, it goes deeper, you know, um, Definitely when we started the band, I mean, the first song we ever wrote was pretty much me. I would say the first EP itself was just me figuring out what I was even experiencing. So I remember writing the first song, One Joy Equals a Thousand Sorrows, which that title itself to me screams BPD. But I remember a particular part in the song 
that I'm basically describing dissociation, which is mm-hmm. one of the symptoms. And it, it's kind of, I think it's like I'm on autopilot and like I, I never, I didn't know about what I was going through at the time or what, what name to put to it. But yeah, that was pretty much me describing the symptoms or like what I was experiencing, not knowing, you know, as part of this bigger thing. Yeah. So it was like, it was coming out whether you wanted it to or not, or whether you realized it or not. Yeah. I would definitely say that the, the, like as more time went on in the five and a half years, it's been this really, really long therapy session. I would say that like the first EP was, like I said, trying to put words to what I was experiencing. And then like the first LP um, population control was kind of like throwing out that aggression and that rage to like what was hurting me and recognizing that this wasn't okay that I was going through this. And I feel like the LP that just came out, our voices will store forever. It's kind of like seeing my place in, like, in this healing journey and like um, kind of just like recognizing these things for what it is and knowing that I'm going to have to like do the work myself to heal. Yeah. So when you look back at around the time of your first EP and when you're writing those songs and skipping forward to today, I mean, what mm-hmm. does that look like as far as your, your healing and as far as your... Um, your symptoms Ooh, man <laughs> like I said back then I didn't even know what the hell was going on <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and I was still experiencing these things very intensely I I would say yeah that was the first EP and then the the first LP like I said I was just full of anger just full of rage like just letting all this stuff out and you know it's I don't just write about trauma mental health I also write about political issues but you know, those political issues are also tied to mental health. So, you know, racism or white supremacy, gentrification, you know, all these things that we're dealing with ties into our mental well-being. Yeah. So while I have the really, really personal stuff, which is also political, I have like the other political things going on and they, they all tie together, you know, and I believe personally that if you're not okay mentally like if you're not helping yourself you can't help other people you know and it, that that has been a really hard thing for me to realize and that's what I realized in this last OP is that I'm going to bring attention to these issues and to these things that I'm experiencing and I need to start working on actually helping myself heal like being okay and I feel after I wrote the LP this last one like I've been doing tremendously better I've done a lot of work for myself and I feel like once I move on to the next OP it's just going to be even better like being able to to write about it my journey yeah so the music that you're writing is just part of the the healing definitely most definitely mm-hmm. how you been feeling the last few months last few months I've been doing really great I would say like a year ago um Actually, no, not a year ago. I would say last summer, I was in a really, really, really tough position. So we talked about self-harm. I was definitely doing that, and I was really, really sick. Like, I was the most sick I've ever been, you know, for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And I had to make a change. I had to uh, do a lot of changes. I had to do some therapy. I had to... um, hold myself accountable, you know, for things that I did do while I was so 
out of it during this, these episodes of BPD. And with all that, I found like peace, you know, I was able to, uh, start the, the really, uh, tough healing process, you know? Mm-hmm. And through that, I found somebody and I got married, which is awesome. Oh, that's so, cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I feel like if I wasn't the person, you know, I feel like if I um, didn't help myself, I wouldn't be able to give myself to somebody else, you know, find that person that I could share this life with. How are your bandmates with uh, helping you, especially when you're on the road? Oh, we're on the road. We're like a family. Like... I, I have been close to these people since we started. So, I mean, being around these people, touring with them, like pretty much living together for like months at a time, we've gotten really close. And, you know, we do our fair share of like getting at each other, like fighting or, and I would just say disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we really do keep a lookout for each other on the road that is so important especially as like marginalized individuals like we cannot risk not keeping an eye on each other you know what i mean yeah for sure mm-hmm. i really yeah. want to thank you for talking so openly thank you thank you for having me <laughs> i was a little anxious i admit like things like this get me so anxious you know because of how my brain works so yeah that's totally you just understandable. gotta get it done yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you know. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much. Thank you again, Jason. I really appreciate it having me on. And I really hope this talk helps some people out there. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Screen Therapy. I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about myself. I was born in Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada. I spent more than 20 years in the media industry, managing newspapers and writing and editing for magazines and online publications. After my mental breakdown in 2018, I had to take a break because everything seemed impossible. I needed to focus on my recovery. I did my best to take care of my mental health while dealing with the intense mood episodes of bipolar. I was trying to help other people as well through support groups and also doing some health coaching. I'm doing everything I can and I've been getting back to the kind of work that I love. This podcast has been a big part of that. After some serious soul searching, I decided to go back to school at the age of 47. I'm doing a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction at the University of King's College that will allow me to work from home. In two years, I should have a book written. And surprise, it's also called Scream Therapy. And surprise again, it's about the link between punk rock and mental health. I'm excited about it, but I want to be sure that I pay close attention to my symptoms and stay as healthy as I can. One of the most important things about mental health is staying positive. It's been really hard for me to be stable. I feel like I've been getting a little bit better every day. I'm really glad that this podcast has been a big part of my recovery, and I thank you for listening. Screen Therapy is now airing on college and community radio stations. They include my hometown radio station, CGMP, out of Powell River, Radio Humber from Humber College in Toronto, Ontario, and Radio Waterloo, CKMS, from Waterloo, Ontario. If you like a certain radio station, hit them up and tell them about the podcast. You can connect with me at soundcloud.com slash screamtherapy, or you can email me directly at jasonschurz at telus.net. That's J-A-S-O-N-S-C-H-R-E-U-R-S at telus.net. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care and be well. Keep it, keep it.